This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer. Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. Well, can we just say from our side of the screen, this hat is really rocking. That hat, you're rocking that hat. What does it say in there? F it. Okay. All right. Let's get the, <laughs> the censorship out. Uh, and for those listening into the podcast, Jennifer just showed this that she has the f bomb on her hat. It just—it's just, it's just uh, you know, like—is it—is anything really that bad? Can we just say f it and just move on, kind of thing? It Absolutely. was something that um, I—I got um, went before, right before I went to Cabo, and I'm like, eh, going to Cabo, who cares? F that. But, I love it. We love the sentiment here on our podcast, no. which is effing the afterlife. Effing the afterlife. <laughs> That's funny. That, that is, is funny. That is kind of funny. Um, <coughs> no, but I did, like this morning, I did cry because my son is now away. And just for people tuning in, uh, the electricity in your neck of the woods went out today. But yes. the cool thing is we're so tech savvy that you could come into the podcast via your cell phone. However, that means if a truck goes by, you may freeze for a second. Lose it. Yeah. Correct. We may lose you or Correct. somebody on the flip side may mess with it's the energy. challenging enough. That's been happening a lot. So anybody, all the viewers out there um, or listeners, electronics are just, especially recently, just no rhyme or reason. They'll just shut off. They'll just, the electricity will just go out and come back on. Well, I've noticed um, it in, you know, filming events over the past, I don't know how many years, 20 years before I even mm -hmm. started the research. I was in Montana working on a shoot and, uh, you know, it was like a shining going on. There was a guy in the theater that had used to live in the theater or was hanging out in the theater. And we caught him on film, actually. Um, you could clearly see this guy walk by the staircase. But. Quite often, I wasn't directing the piece. Otherwise, I would have, you know, put that footage up. But uh, yeah. in the case, the director, as soon as something would happen, the camera would just go up, freeze, no matter how many yeah. times, you know. So anything to do with electronics. And you and I have been doing this for so long that sometimes we can hear when frequency shifts or adjusts where you are. Right. You know, right. and it comes across as like almost like a feedback. Like, yeah. You know, reverberation i mean we filmed that many times so what's yeah. what's that about is that is it that we're all frequency i mean we've been discussing it yeah i mean there's been a lot of very challenging things that have happened recently i've had people tell me that you know i that, i don't know i think i wonder if there's more out there as far as which i know there is like a, like maybe sonic booms that we don't necessarily hear that are affecting our, you know, things that are happening with their solar flares, with our atmosphere that are affecting the electronics. Um, they're affecting birds. And we've heard a lot, like I've recently have heard that there's been more, you know, bird finding birds, bird Well, deaths. I can like, tell you that when they were trying to put up a, 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 like a tower above our building and I got it dug into the research, you know, from the government about the safety of microwaves and the, you know, the variations of microwaves and, you know, it's a very dangerous thing, but there is a lot of science to it and you can find that the science a friend of mine works in the coast guard and there were, you mm -hmm. know, he would tell me about cases of guys going up in a microwave tower and not coming back, not coming down because 
you know, something happened. They got killed up there like a microwave burst. But, you know, look, I don't want to scare the audience about because it's a it's a there's so many levels of what's going on, you know, 5G. And of course, Why don't we ask Luana? Very good. So let's do that. Lou, I will stop pontificating. Would you please Luana. come forward? There she is. Luana. And let us know. Okay. Uh, well, most more importantly, what do you who do you want to talk to or what do you want to talk about? Frequencies, like what we just were discussing. Okay. And so what's going and there's on? The Earth's atmosphere. Okay. And she just, who are you bringing through? Um, she's bringing through, uh, I have him in my head, the person that was in the wheelchair. Stephen Hawking. Um, yes. She's like, we have other people that can discuss this. Okay, very good. I, and for, okay. the, for the audience listening in, we interviewed Stephen after he crossed over a number of times. Uh, in different manners, and he said a number of really unusual things about his journey and his and his life and his career, which were fascinating. Right. Um, but go ahead, sir. What would you like to? I mean, can we ask you some questions about what's going on frequency wise on the planet? Yeah. Yes. So, we're gonna pause one more time, though. Okay. Hold on. You can actually. We don't have to pause. I just have to close my door. <laughs> you just want you just wanted the audience to get a 360 of you walking around the apartment. We like that. Very good. Or your office. Yep. We're not sure. Or my house. Or your house. <laughs> Wherever you are. Upstairs. Yeah. Spice it up a little bit for our viewers. <laughs> kidding. Wait, let me get up. I'll walk around. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So Steven, we've asked you about your journey and we've talked to you about. Uh, some unusual things, including what it was like when you crossed over and who you met. Right. We've also talked to you about uh, traveling around. And I, I, I don't know what oh, it feels. Go ahead. Okay, so sorry. Um, he just showed me something that I recently saw. And it was um, they, they found a new galaxy that had this like booming effect um, that's based upon the new, it's based upon the newest star which was fascinating to me. So you showed me the picture. He, he was, he showed me the picture of what I read yesterday. And um, I'm trying to understand. Hold on. Well, as you know, everything is always changing. But it's speeding up, he's saying. Everything is speeding up. And then there's, and then he showed me the bird. Like some things just can't handle it. They'll get a heart attack. Like things that are, you know, the way that our the way that our Earth atmosphere is being broken up. Um, hold on. I want to say he's saying solar flares, but there's there's it's something else. It's it's that and something else. I feel so. Just to clarify, uh, sir. If so, what you're it's saying? Like a, it's like a sonic. It's like a sonic boom, and I don't know why I'm even saying. I have no idea. I know what it okay, means. Okay, let's I don't. just allow that. What he's saying is okay that the frequencies that affect the planet um, and the, it, so the question really is, are and these, the water and the water, then, but let's start with the frequencies yeah. that affect the planet, which is outside the planet, these things are occurring or are these man-made things that are altering the frequency of the planet? Meaning like 
microwave five. Got it. Got it. Which the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's us. We're affecting so our, it. So we're affecting it. Yeah. And, and, and so then he, without, showed me that he showed me having, there's not enough oxygen, like the oxygen. Not enough levels. oxygen. We've talked about that. We asked him about that. And, okay. and he was one of, of many. Of course, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> but but he was one of many who talked about the idea of planting a trillion trees, of, of right. changing the oxygen level on the planet, which is what people are trying to do. And and the idea is that more oxygen cools the planet down. But in terms of this idea of frequency, and I'm sure they're all related, but the idea of frequency that the man-made, uh, let's say, microwaves and everything else that's created here, internet, you know, look, everything is wireless. Mm -hmm. That is affecting, you're saying, the overall, but is that, and, and without giving it a judgment, that's just change. It's not necessarily good or bad. Is that correct? It's not good or bad, but it's not helping the people settle into this frequency. So I understand. That's why, that's why there's a lot of deaths, he's saying, on the planet. Their bodies can't, their bodies can't handle what's happening i understand like and then he showed me somebody suffering like i know we have covid still and in fact it's kind of startling um how it's affecting a lot of younger people that are in the hospitals now it's not the older people because they're all vaccinated but it's the younger people that are ending up in the hospitals now um i was talking to um a doctor a friend of mine anyway there's i don't mean to digress he's sure. saying that he's like the oxygen levels of somebody trying to breathe, obviously. Um, why'd you show me that? Becoming more complex. Because it's it's complex, but if you think of oxygen as being compressed, or he's showing me like if you're not um, show me again. If you already have a time hard excuse me, if you already have a challenging time acclimating, then if you get sick, you're just it's just it, the, yeah. like game so over. You can't acclimate at all. You can't. Can't Interesting. Yeah. And so and we've talked about this, that because it's a huge issue, obviously, how do we affect climate change? And this is part of the reason Jennifer and I are doing this research. It's not because we're trying to prove anything to anybody, but it's no. let's pretend that we can talk to people off the planet who are smarter than us, who understand right. these things better than us, that we can still right. access information from them. And even if Jennifer and I are somehow making it up in our minds, if we come to a solution, plant a trillion trees and that helps save the planet and changes the climate, then that's a Over good time. thing. It is a good, a good thing. And so and people, go ahead. And people are less, people are listening and they're like from the other side, they're showing me like what I see when people, when I'm reading someone, I can actually see the spirit go to their head and then they'll say, then the person will actually say something as the spirit's leaving. So they're giving us, they're implanting and, and please the people that are listening don't take this. They, from my understanding, they can't come in and tell us something bad. What they do is they come in and give us information that's, that's in our helpful. Rolodex of it. That's helpful. I've never, you know, if, if you have, if you feel like you're listening to somebody that's in the spirit world, that's telling you to do bad things or, or anything like that, please consult with a psychiatrist or a doctor because it might be something different. Um, and I just want to add in terms of the Quora forum, Hacking the Afterlife, where we, people talk about your work and we talk about this research. I've had a, you know somebody the other day recently talked about hearing, they actually recorded a 
evil voice on their on their cell phone device. And the evil voice, evil voice was saying something that sounded like I want to watch the action. And the idea was she thought, oh, my God, somebody's trying to tell me they're going to watch me like have relations with my husband. And and so I try yeah. to break it down in a comedic way, which is to say, come on. Really? If, that, if that's what people want to come through and say. And of course, why wouldn't they just say something really graphic or something really, you know, evil? Right. But I must say also in terms of recording EVPs, people talking on the other side, I noticed that the sound is slow and it sounds drunken because the frequency is they try to slow the frequency down to make the sound. But if you speed it up like one and a half times, like I'm talking at a, a sort of a faster rate, it sounds normal. Semi. Right. But if I was talking slow like this, it would sound like whatever. Sorry. But you know right. what I mean. And all right. So to go exactly back to so going back to Mr. Hawking, thank you for answering that question. Man well, made another question. another question is how should we as individuals handle it for good. ourselves, not necessarily for the planet. That would be very good. Yes. Especially this uh this these microwave, you know, these new frequencies. Meditate. <laughs> that's the Meditate. only way. Okay. Yeah. Not, Which... not that's the only way. I didn't mean that. Hold on. Well, that's a strong way. That's a that's a physical way we can slow yourself down. So they're showing me something that's running really, really fast. When you're running really, really fast, you're not acclimating to anything. You're just you're bypassing it. Whereas if you slow yourself, if you slow down, and not from a phys- not necessarily physical, but physical does relate to the mental. Well, actually, that's not true because some people can work out and travel or sure meditate while they work out. Exactly. Right. Um, but hold on. By slowing your mind down and yourself down, you will be able to then meet the frequencies that will help you adapt. Very good. And just to clarify for people out there. Oh, hold on. Okay, sorry. He keeps showing me things. So then he showed me somebody that's sick trying to gasp for air. Yeah. So we, you, your heart rate's going, your mind's going. And when you get into that, it's just a downward spiral. Spiral, excuse me. So that's yeah. that's kind of what he was showing mm-hmm. me. It, if you think about it, that doesn't make sense. Well, that, that idea of you don't have enough oxygen, so you, so you, you can't breathe. And so... What do you do? You try to plant more trees because you'll get more oxygen. So you'll be able to breathe. But at the same time, he's also saying, or to paraphrase, that meditation, the word med means measure in Latin. It doesn't mean you have to don a yoga outfit or you have to wear monk's robes to meditate. It literally, you could count your breaths to a hundred or count your breaths to a thousand and it calms the mind and it makes you let go of thoughts that are extraneous or you don't need to pull the noise down, the cacophony of all these things, which is what he's talking about. If you're filled with all this noise, you can't breathe, you can't think. So the idea is let go of those extraneous thoughts. If you can work on it, it takes time. It's not easy. And that helps you. It takes practice. takes practice every day. However, in whatever form, whether it's going out in nature Whatever form it is. Whatever form. So nature's a perfect example. You can meditate by walking through the woods. You can, by just walking, literally you're measuring your your footsteps while you're measuring your thoughts by the ocean, by a lake, a place that calms you down, where you turn everything off and turn it down. And so what he's saying, a personal way for a person to counter what's happening 
around us mm-hmm. that is actually literally, as he put it, offing people because they can't handle all of this information. It's right. to find a way to calm the mind and bring oneself into a centered place so that they can learn more things and access things. Well, yes. Five, four, <laughs> three, what? two. Gonna, gonna take it a break. I have- all right, Mr. Hawking, I just want to thank you for uh, stopping by to give this that thought and that observation. And let's turn it back to Luana. Lou, is uh, who should we need to talk to? Is there somebody we need to talk to today? I, I have a couple of questions for you, but it's up to you. How do you want to proceed? Ask the questions. And for people tuning in for the first time or last time, Luana Anders <laughs> is our friend who passed away in 1996, uh, who started visiting me at my home and my family. And at some point I stopped denying that she was showing up and I focused on her. And, and eventually she introduced me to Jennifer, who the two of them work this way so we can invite people in to chat with us. So I have a yes. question for our buddy, uh, James. We talked to James a couple of weeks ago. And yes. Lou, Lou, can you bring him in to sit down in our chair? That's so funny because I was talking to him earlier. Okay. So James, we appreciate you coming in. Um, for those tuning in for the first and last time, that would be Mr. Dean. And uh, the reason we're chatting with him and have been for the past couple of weeks um, on our podcast, off our podcast, has been because a couple of years ago, we discovered, discovered through him, he told us that he had reincarnated. So for people who are unfamiliar with the concept of the term, it's not that he switched costumes with somebody. People bring a portion of their conscious energy to a lifetime. Right. The rest stays home. So you can access anybody that was here before or anybody that is still here. You're, somebody's in a coma, somebody has dementia. You can access their higher self. So in this right. weird process of Jennifer and I working together, at some point in time, she and I were talking, she said she, James Dean had walked through our classroom. And in the course of my asking him questions about his journey, I asked if he had returned when he was planning to return. Cause we'd never heard anybody say I'm back. And he said, no. I'm already back. And he named the person and it's somebody that I know. And just again, to clarify. I and text- somebody, I, it, he named the person. I didn't know this person, by the Jennifer way. Just never, the but she knew. Never the, met him. She, I had a poster of him up on my wall, which is funny. Of, of this itself. actor. Of, of, of not, this actor. Not when James I was a Dean, teenager. but this actor. No. And so by, by focusing yeah. on this, I've actually had a chance to interview this actor and do the same kind of things I do with people. And Jennifer had a chance to talk to him. And both of us got tons of information from this actor who may or may not, you know, reveal and talk about his journey. But right. the reason James is being asked the question today is because this, this fella is in his hometown, is in James's hometown. And he's visiting with one of his relatives. And mm-hmm. I, so my question for you, sir, do you have a message for your relative? It's a cousin. If you need his name, I'll tell it to you. First Give name. me the fir- first name. Marcus. 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 Okay. So do you have a message for Marcus that either only he would understand or that would help him? 
Pay attention to your dreams. Okay. Your dream state. And why? And why? <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Well, I don't know. I'm no, asking. I know. That's great. And that's a follow-up question. So are you saying you're going to show up in one of his dreams soon? He already has, but it's really recent, it feels like. And it's a dream that I feel like this other person that we're talking about um, had the same dream within it. So they very similar, like almost like at the same time which then I think brought them together. Um, and Marcus is supposed to go to the doctor, I think. Hold on. Don't be too specific because, you know, that freaks people out. I know, but that's what I do for work. <laughs> I know, okay. but I'm just All saying because right. we don't know no, no, no. And, uh, you know, we don't want to invade his face, you know. Okay, let me just figure out a different way to say it. Um, but going to the doctor is always a valid, valid thing, you know, or, or you can always say, hey, check up on that thing. We'll just go check up on that thing. I feel like he's avoiding it. So just go check up on that thing. Perfect. And so would that be, would that be something that when Marcus hears it, he'll know that this is you talking to him, or if you could give him some visual or something like the last it's something that run, it's some, it's something that runs in the family. Okay. Very good. That's very specific. So that's something that runs yeah. in the family. And let me ask you, can you put in, and don't be afraid of it. Don't be, af don't, don't be, be afraid. afraid of it. And that, um, bingo, it's just so that he can, by doing this or by checking out on that thing, he won't be thinking about it anymore. Right. Because just by, it'll right. take the weight off. I have a question for you, James. Can you put in Jennifer's mind the last time? And, you know, when you ask somebody about their memory, it's just like asking somebody like what they had for lunch a week ago. It's hard. But can you put in Jennifer's mind the last time you saw Marcus, what happened? Or as you remember it? It's a long time ago. We're talking about prior to 1955. So it feels like he was teaching him how to ride something. So whether it was a bicycle. Bicycle or, or, or a motorbike. Or, or a motorbike. And one of them got, and I know how James passed, but one of them... Um, Marcus got hurt or his shoulder or something okay. with his shoulder. Is it, and it, so it's a it, it's a vehicle, either a bike, a motorbike, or is it an animal like a horse or something like that? I'm just curious. I don't know. A bike's fine. It feels like a bike. Okay, very me. good, very good. It's a very specific thing that. Oh, and look, this is why we do this work, partially because. Marcus will understand what this means. People out there watching will go, oh, well, you know, how, how do I, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with me. But the point is, you can do the same work with your loved ones. Show right. me the thing that last time that we were together. And sometimes they show it to you before you even say the sentence. You suddenly see yourself on a bike and then falling off and, and you were about to ask. So, then there's another thing that you can do as well. They just showed me is I always ask, like, for instance, I was worried about my son getting on the plane this morning, uh -huh. five o'clock, which he did get on the plane and then the door shut. <laughs> he barely made it. But I asked, cause I was so freaked out about it that I asked my dad, my loved one, I said, show me the end point. And he showed me him sleeping on the plane. 
and it calmed my heart down. Did I believe it or trust it? No, I still was freaked out until I knew he was on that plane, but that you'll get a little glimpse and you just, you can't judge it. Like you said, you can't judge it. Right. Um, But it was, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but it was was something you, that's something that you can do that people don't know they can do. They can ask their loved one to show just a glimpse or give you a feeling, but you can't, don't judge it. And even if what I have realized, even if it doesn't work out, I have known what I have realized that when you don't get the, like, for instance, that's an LA thing. We didn't get the room that I wanted at the Roosevelt this last weekend, but you know what? I knew that because of that, I was going to get a better room. And sure enough, we got a much better room because of that room. (laughs) So was that room a bad thing? I mean, I know that sounds idiotic, but a lot of things that we are given that seem that are bad, like maybe even a car accident. Yeah. You end up getting a new car. Well, and I have been saying that to, um, excuse me, my film students. Um, I have like look at it as an look at it as an opportunity, or as a lesson. Sometimes yes. the piece of coal that's in your path, you you takes you a while to get over it, but then when you get past it, you realize, oh my gosh, that's the diamond. That's the thing that helped me get to the place that I'm at now. That the that the journey, right. and, and especially in Hollywood show business. We do spend a lot of time going, if only I had gotten that break or that thing. And then right. in retrospect, you see, oh, my gosh, I was funneled. Everything sort of forced me into this path. And I've learned yeah. so much more. And, and for idea. relationships, people that are, don't have a relationship or people that had a relationship and it was really, really bad and something bad happened. Nine out of 10 times of all my clients that have had a bad relationship blossom in the one that they're supposed to be in. Well, but it point. took going, it took going through that. We wish that we don't have to. No relationship is perfect. And that's another thing that people need to remember. It's true. And mm. like and I try to liken it to college or school. You know, you go to class and you're like, oh, I hate this class. I hate this teacher. I hate what I'm learning. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you look back and you either that's hilarious or you learned something or you met somebody in class that really made it all worthwhile. So Luana, we're going to go back to you, my dear. Um, And of course, James, is there anything more do you want to talk about? He's saying, tell Marcus not to worry about selling it. And he doesn't mean the place that he's at. He means about something else. Selling something else. Is it something that James owned that Marcus has? No, it's something more current. Something more current. Okay. Very clear. Don't worry about selling that thing that you're worried about selling. Interesting. So are you, you're keeping an eye on Marcus, obviously, correct? Yes. He just, then he just showed me the person that is there now. He has a bunch of people keeping eyes on Marcus, it feels like. (laughs) And so just so the audience understands what's going on, part of you, and let's just call it that, Part of your conscious energy is in this person who is hanging out with your cousin right now. So literally you are there. So what's that like for you to be in both places simultaneously? Is it like being in an audience and on stage? Yeah. I just, what's funny is he showed me Loki. You know, the show Loki, Marvel. Sure. And how there's lots of Lokis. 
Oh, yeah. and how it makes up one right. location, like yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, so sure. You can call, whatever that I don't know why I just no no that, I get that conscious energy could be in one person it could be in it could be more one person but also right. if you look at all the Loki's over his history outside of time all the Jameses outside of time they all make up one person so they're all the right. same person but I'm just in terms of audience and stage so let's just say this person that we know is an actor on stage oh. This is how he showed me. He showed me like the both the energies being stronger because one's in that realm and one's in this realm, and they both help each other out from different places as one. Interesting. And so, and so since James, thank you. Since James couldn't be this portion of James couldn't be here, he is here, like you said. Yeah. But they still, but they still, they're. We are all stronger together. We're all stronger, stronger together. together. So, but, and just because people wonder how could that possibly be, but as human beings, we have filters on our brain that prevent us from talking to people on the flip side. Jennifer, unfortunately, right. doesn't have those filters. So she's able to see and hear and talk to people, but everybody has the capacity to, if they right. can bypass those filters. And I recommend hypnotherapy, meditation, or talking to Jennifer, who literally goes, what about this? But the point is, you can meditate, you can learn how to meditate, so you can access your guides, your mm -hmm. higher self, if that's too abstract, then just talk to your guides. How do, how do I get out of this situation? How can I help myself? But my question to you, sir, because you are unique in this, we have rarely, if ever, had a conversation, never, had a conversation with somebody who's on stage, but now what's interesting is that this onstage person is aware that you're offstage watching him and you're in the audience and aware of all your previous lifetimes. Is that correct? Are you aware of all of them or are they kind of amorphous to you? I mean, is it something that you're just completely aware of? All he just shows, he just shows me how everything's connected. He just showed me a line of like everything being connected. Everything. Um, everything. Like even my son, who's named Jack, who this morning, you know, before he looked, you know, he has that familiar look of James Dean. Like he oh. has that well, he persona, like, like, yeah. And that persona of that, like, and it was a weird, you know, weird thing. Was it because I was thinking about James? I don't know. Or was he showing me? Like, I know that the more that you allow yourself to calm down for our listeners to, to allow yourself to calm down when you're not constantly running on a treadmill you get beautiful insights that are given to you that you know that you're not thinking that. Right. Okay. When, you, when, you, you're, in, when you're in stages of grief, it's different. So please know that, in fact, someone said that came from Cora. Um, I had yeah. a, a booked an appointment the last time. She's going to give a review on Cora about me. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I read it this morning a little bit. She just said, she was oh, just okay. saying, Oh my God, I talked to my, I'm so happy. And thank you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was so, but we discussed how grief, it just makes you like, you get a sign. You're like, give me another sign. I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, People do it like, all the I was, time. You I was a, I do it. I was a mile out on a boat and two white butterflies came up and I'm like, it's not good enough. <laughs> Who <laughs> right. does that? And then a school of dolphins come up and I'm like, better, like but not good enough. Yeah. But I just, when you're, nothing matters when you're in that much pain. So but please I, so, know I understand that. But I also want to point something out, which is 
and it's this reflexive quality of this work, which is I experience something, let's say, like Luana showing up in my apartment and or in my dreams, or I hear her voice aloud. And I, I know her voice. I know what that sounds. I know her frequency. So I'm under hypnosis and I'm in her classroom and I see her, but she's about 10 years before I met her. But I recognize immediately. So the other yeah. day, talking to this, this person who has the awareness that he's James Dean on stage now, we were having a conversation and the tone of his voice suddenly drifted in to that frequency. And look, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of James. I haven't, I've seen his movies, only made three, yeah. but I'm aware of it. It's like a tonal frequency. And at some point I heard the same frequency and I wasn't thinking it, honestly, as you know, it just was like, oh I, my God, this guy sounds like that guy. And, and now was that my imagine? Could be possibly, or, you know, whatever it is, the point is what a magical thing to experience that we're here, then we're not here. Then we come back. So few are left to remember what we were like, or, you know, our, our grandchildren might be around. They kind of remember us, you know, and we're not really focused on that kind of direct connection. It's very unusual. In my case, and I mentioned this in the book, uh, Architecture of the Afterlife. There's a uh, past life regression I did, the last one I've done, where I saw myself as somebody who lived in Florence back in the 1500s, 1400s. And when mm-hmm. I, after the session was done, I went and looked up all this information and it, it was all there. Everything, everything I said was there. But be, beyond that, I found that this guy was dug up a hundred years after he died and put in a coffin, a glass coffin inside of a church where he resides to this day, but his, his body has not deteriorated. So the guy that I remembered being is lying in state in a church in Florida that I've been in many times, but never like went over to look, Oh, there I am. It's not the same, but it is the same. It is the same in the sense that James over there can come and experience. And this is something else that I wanted to say this, this person that he's become has done all the hopes and dreams that James had, which is really a wonderful thing. Oh my God, that's right. I never even thought of that. He's so what got thwarted and it didn't happen. This guy has been able to go on and do all those things and have those experiences that James didn't have. What do you think about that, James? Is that why you picked him? He said it was meant to be. He goes, we keep, ah, they just showed me the baton. Remember, we keep trying to outdo ourselves each lifetime. Wow. And he says, and we keep trying to use more altruism. We might be selfish in the beginning, but we keep trying to use more altruism to affect more people because it's like passing more batons. If somebody's affected, they're passing the baton to their better self later on. So literally, here we are running around the track chasing ourselves. And once we catch up to ourselves, we pass along this baton of altruism, compassion, love, kindness, and love, kindness, love. Uh, Of course, people would argue we pass along some of the annoying things as well. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's just something to explore. Don't our our kids think that of ourselves? Like my son, you know, blames me for his ADHD. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I was a stockbroker for 10 years and killed it. And I, yes, but you know, you know my, like, 
But my argument about that is always, well, you chose me. So why'd you do that? I did say that. And he's like, well, not for your cooking skills. I'm like, okay, that's enough. That's why we have your dad. If you're aware, if you're aware of it, you can now go back into Jack's previous lifetimes and talk to him about those choices. He's told me I have documented seven of them before he was like eight years old. It was right when you'd fall asleep. Yeah. He was picking up a lot of trash, for instance, like when he was young, anybody that knows my son, he could not help himself by picking up things off the ground. It drove me crazy. Finally, I'm like, why do you do this? Because he would not let him go. And he wasn't like he he wasn't starving. He, you know, we give him clothes like, like it wasn't yeah. like we were okay. in a rough spot. Thank goodness, which I'm incredibly grateful. I feel very blessed. But he's like, Mom, you don't know what it's like to be a hobo. And he was seven saying this. And it was yeah. right before I went to say, like, hobo. It didn't even occur to me. I'm like, going, what would you mean, hobo? And he goes, I was, he goes, I was a hobo off of Broadway. I'm like, Broadway? I'm all in Santa Monica. He goes, no, silly, New York. Wow. And he went through this whole thing about how this, there's one guy almost every year that would come give him money. And he never, he goes, mom, and I never bought it for smokes. Smokes. He used, he used terminology. Yeah, that terminology of that era. That he goes, or, or liquor. Like he goes, I never did that. And he goes, I just didn't, you know, there were no jobs. Yeah. The depression. The depression. Yeah. It was just. And that was the term they would use for people who were suffering from the depression had no jobs. Hobos. I mean, look, the point of this. I didn't know that actually. I didn't know that. Well, the point of this, Uh, our discussing this isn't to say so much about because you'd have, you know, people one more thing. flip side. Well, Go ahead. I know one more thing he told me, because this is another thing. Like when one of his past lives, I'm like, well, I'm like, I was your mother, of course. And he goes, again, he looks at me like, oh, you're so sweet. But he's like, oh, no, you've never been my mother. You were uh-huh. my you were my annoying mothers. You were my mom's best friend. And you used to drink a lot of beer. And when <laughs> I when he was younger. He would go ballistic if I ever, I could have champagne, wine, but a if, beer? I, if I picked up a beer can, he would have a meltdown for hours. Wow. I'm like, it just wasn't even worth it. I didn't even like it. Like it wasn't even wow. worth it. But I was so angry. I'm like, so let me get this straight. It's okay for me to have wine or champagne. He's like, but beer ballistic. Well, and this is That's a good crazy. point, which is we all carry forward the hallmarks mm-hmm. of previous times here on the planet or other planets, whatever it's been, but th- those hallmarks stay with us. Those can become phobias. Those can become exactly, you know, difficulties yeah. and through hypnotherapy right. or meditation. Read many life, many masters. Many by Dr. Brian. Brian. Yeah. Brian, Brian Weiss's Weiss. work. Very good. But that idea of examining or going to see a hypnotherapist and going into the phobia, and find out where it generated from. I film people losing their phobias on camera. Go ahead. Flying. Remember right. how scared I would get? And we went through that whole past life thing with oh, me. Right. And I was a yeah. I was a pilot, a fighter pilot. Oh, that's for right. Yeah, the that's Japanese. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you were a fighter pilot who shot people down. 
And that's why you had a, like a constant fear of flying. It was like a, a recurring thing that land. And in the film flip side, there's a woman who has severe aquaphobia, could never get in the water. And she examined it, saw the what the, you know, the source of it was. And I filmed her a few months later swimming. Never had been able to get in the water, but, but by examining it, by taking it apart, you know, right. dissembling the phobia, you can actually cure yourself of things that you really thought you couldn't. Meditation helps because you're rewiring the brain. That's mm -hmm. a way also to do it. But uh, hypnotherapy, as we know, we're talking to Jennifer, who they'll say, you know what? You, you were flying a plane. That's what happened. <laughs> um, in, the, in the film Hacking the Afterlife, there's this uh, fellow that alive on camera. He recalls being um, a soldier, World War II, a bomber, a guy, you know, in, in a plane. He remembers the name of the bomber. And, and it, when I was hearing it, I'm like you, you know, dolphin, butterflies. He's saying, and I'm saying, uh, are you sure about the name of this bomber? Are you sure about the name of this guy? Are you sure? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I looked it all up and there it was. And the manifest of that plane, this guy's name. So, I'm, and that was no hypnosis. That was just him, me asking simple questions. But that's you know? the new, that's the new kind of hypnosis, which I told you, or Morton, uh, or Morton told you, yeah, the Fudge. Michael What's Newton. His name again? Michael, Michael Newton. Newton. <laughs> oh my goodness! For people What's who want to know me? what that reference is, Jennifer and I were meeting one of our early meetings six years ago, and she said, "Oh, Morton is here," and I was like, "Morton? Like who's that?" <laughs> and then she said, "You know the yeah. guy you made the documentary about," and I went, "Oh, you mean Michael Newton?" So since then, every time Michael Newton shows up, he identifies himself as Morton. 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 Well, how long do I have you for? Um, a little bit more. Yeah. What time? Yeah. We have. Okay, we Lou. Have more time about ten Lou, more minutes. Look at that, Lou. We're, we've got you for a little bit longer. What What's going on with you? Is there anything you want me to pass along to your pals on the planet, or what? Should I say that off the air or on the air? Off the air um, or she... on the air. I love that. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Well, she, she showed me Jack Nicholson, so you need to call him. We're gonna hold of him. Okay, get a hold of Jack. Unless you already, unless you already did, and it has to do with the her script or something like that, her story. Okay, well, hold on. Calling Jack is is problematic. I have talked to Jack before uh, because Luana and Jack were close friends, and I can call Jack and say I'm calling on behalf of Luana, and he'll take the call. But. He has if, more if, stories. He has, he's more to add that I think he'd be willing to share, she's saying. Okay. And what she's referring to is she wrote a screenplay about how they met. She was in an acting class, Jeff Corey, and, and they met. I did, not, I did not know that that's what it was about, by the way, just she, for the record. <laughs> for the record. And she was a bike messenger along with him at MGM, teenagers riding around with their bikes. And she so cool. talked Jack into joining her acting class because she saw a lot of anger in him. She said, you can channel that on stage. It'll be fun. And he acknowledges that. And so they were close friends. And in the movie Hacking the Afterlife, there's a scene where Jack won the Oscar and he thanks Luana for, uh, you know, it's one of the, the people that he thanks in his Oscar speech. But the point, so Luana, what do you think about the film Hacking the Afterlife? I mean, it's a goofy question, but I don't think I've asked you. Have too you watched short. it? Too short. <laughs> it's only two hours. 
know, uh, she's laughing about that. No, she says it's chock full, packed full, and you have to watch it a few times to get everything. To get everything, it's true. Yeah. It's true. There's so people. And she says that the ending. She says the the. Hold on. It's too loud at the end, or something like that. Too long. Too loud. Oh, too loud. I don't know. I don't know the music. It's possible. I know that I have received a lot of clients from it, from Gaia. Oh. They cut, they're just, and they're, it's so funny because they start off, Jennifer, because they watch (laughs) you. The (laughs) way I talk. Yeah. They they do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, all right, but let's break it down. Lou, what do you mean by too loud? You know, you know who you're talking to. Uh, Oh, not everybody was ready to hear it. Oh, okay, very good. It was too loud at the end. Not everybody was ready to hear it. It ends. But it's a great thing. It ends. The movie ends with a clip from YouTube of a friend of a friend of mine who was saying goodnight with her daughter and filming it for her podcast. And the daughter suddenly sees the grandmother and starts talking to the grandmother and calling her mother by the nickname that only her grandmother called her by. And she wow. said, Gra- grandma's here. And the, you know, the woman is like, what? You know, and then she says, she wants to tell you blah, blah, blah. And, you know, clearly she's having a conversation with somebody not on the planet. Kids see it. They see it. Animals see spirit. They're amazing. As you know, like they see yeah. it. So that goes back to frequency, Lou and Mr. Hawking. So how can we see <laughs> mr hawking left he's busy he's, he's <laughs> saving the planet got, well he's got a better you know he's got a better podcast yeah. on the other he's side talking he's talking to he's talking to god that was just me <laughs> i was kidding about that um so lou how can we help people to see their loved ones or hear their loved ones or experience she says it's easier now than ever because of the energy hold on the veil being super there is no veil that's what my, that's what um Denise said a long time ago, it's kind of funny. I'm like, there is no veil. I've always had no veil, but for some people, it's very challenging. It doesn't matter. I didn't need you to say that. Um, show me again. Oh, that's what it was. This is so cool. She just showed me the person that wrote the review um, on Cora about me. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. Actually, I believe I asked her because the easiest her loved one came through and said just picture like if you were someone that couldn't speak or couldn't hear if you were mute and deaf and blind how would you communicate with people you wouldn't you you'd feel like you know that they're there or like let's say you had an accident like you knew they were there and then all of a sudden you had an accident you went mute deaf and blind and you would communicate with your thoughts that's how they communicate so you can sit there and just imagine your loved one being there which they are and communicate like you don't have to hear their voice. You don't have to see them. You don't have to know. You don't have, you just have to know that they're there and you can communicate with them that way. And I thought that was beautiful. For some reason it just struck me like, Oh, that's like the best thing ever. That is. And you know, right? I, I saw a photograph yesterday of Helen Keller communicating with Charlie Chaplin in 1918. And as we know, Helen Keller was born without the ability to hear, see, or speak. But she had her hand on Charlie Chaplin's face, and she was reading his lips by the way he talked and the way he spoke. So, Lou, Lou, this is a weird question. Should we invite Mm -hmm. Helen to talk to us for a second? I mean, I don't know if you know her or if she's available or you can snag her. 
uh, certainly not planned. Why not get the best? Hold on. <coughs> Even though she can hear and see and everything else now. Yeah. Um, I'm just in disbelief. Like, I have, like, I'm in shock. So just give me a second with that. That's so interesting. I'm like, so what should you do? And she goes, just do what you're doing right now. So for people that can actually, that are not listening to it and are visually seeing this, a lot of times you'll see me either hold my heart or go like this and close my eyes. That's what I do when I talk to them. And so when I said to her, I'm like, so what is it that, what's, what can they do? And she said, exactly what you're doing right now. All right. So Helen, do you mind sitting in our interview chair? She's already there. Welcome to our class. So, number one is belief. Okay. Believing that they're there. Believing that it's possible that they're there. Let's allow possibility Correct. in there. Possibilities. Okay. Yes. That's number one. Number two. Go within. Go that within. sounds like a, I hate, I, Sorry, I do don't judge like, it. Don't judge it. Keep mm. going. Come on. We've only got so much time. Number with two, go within. Is there a three or is that it? There's five. Hold on. Put your hand on your heart, knowing that it's connected. Like you can even picture your energy going to this person that you want to speak to. Okay. Number four. And the four, like you said, touch a feature or imagine a feature that you know that you can feel. Like just, so for instance, like, like, my, dad, like, like my dad's arms, I could feel his hair. Like Very I good. remember that. And so or I your, did that. your mom's hand. You can really feel or your mom's that. You know hand, that or feel the ring or their fingers or, you okay. know, or number, there's some number five. Um, thank them for being there because then you Beautiful. have that gives them access. So Beautiful. Thank, thank them, for, them being there. for being there because it allows them to feel that connection between you because you're, you're giving them gratitude. Helen, let me ask you some simple yeah. questions. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? Her grandmother. And was that a happy reunion or? I feel like on her father's side. I just knew it was her. And without, let me, you know, without like. Without having like, a, yeah. You just yeah. knew it was her. And it was that, uh, so the question would be, so it was a happy reunion to be able to connect to her. She said I got an A. So <laughs> like if you're to be just like if you get and we've heard we get life reviews and it's our life review might be, you know, you can't judge it. So somebody might be, you know, might have to come into this world to stir things up and then leave. We all know people like that. Right. Is it a bad thing if it makes more people do good in the world? Not necessarily. All right, but let's focus so, on Helen. So she okay, got an but A. But she said she got an A. She said she she said she did what she was supposed to do when she came here. So my question to you, my dear, because I've done that play uh, that I can't think of the name of right now. Go ahead. She had a child. I feel that she's showing me too. So it was her grandmother, but then she had an either a child that she had a miscarriage or. She had a child that um, didn't make it. I can't understand that. Who was the father? Was it in this lifetime or was it a previous lifetime? We always have to ask. It was, no, it was, I feel like it was in this life. I feel like it was in this lifetime. Okay. I don't know. There was something about I, a child. It feels like a girl. Hold on. 
show me a memory. And I also have to like, are you showing me a memory of you? Or are you showing me some somebody else's memory? And what if you've even been, I'm sorry, it's still born. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, we can focus um, on that in a minute, but I want to ask you about Annie Sullivan. Helen, when Annie Sullivan went over to the other side, what was your experience seeing her? I don't know. Did she like, was she mean to her? She was her teacher. She was pretty. That's, I got that her. she was her teacher. She went like this with the ruler, like on her That's hand. That's correct. And of course, okay, the, if you've I don't ever, know. have you seen the movie about Helen? No. no, the miracle worker. That was the play that I was in. But she was tough with her, very tough with her. But she's the one who taught her how oh. to speak. She said, thank you. I loved her. She said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Annie. And so what was that like being able to communicate once you got to the other side? It was joyous because there was no filters of right or wrong. It was just, we both did exactly what we needed to do. I stayed in your home in Martha's Vineyard, Helen. And there was of a book. Of course you did. Of course <laughs> I did. And there was a book on the piano that listed all the people that had come to your house and spent time with you. Noel there was Coward. A there was a president. That there did. was a president. President, That's I think a, it might have been Coolidge or Hoover. Yeah. That his name was in the book. And she said, he was she said he was crazy, whatever, whoever it <laughs> whatever was. Whatever happened to that? Now, listen, my friend uh, Margaret owned your house and she lived in your house and she died suddenly. Uh, and we were very close friends. Um, yeah, her heart. She her had heart it like a, up. yeah, she said that she had a, um, she had an un undiagnosed like heart issue. Margaret. So Margaret, Margaret let me ask age. you. Let me ask you, Margaret, what was that like for you? I need, I, I never asked you this, but what was it like for you to cross over? Did you talk to your father? Did you understand your journey? <laughs> she just showed me Little House on the Prairie. I don't know with the other I understand. Guy, the main, I understand the main what that character. means. I don't yeah, her, know father, that her father was a farmer, and, but he made okay. a lot of money and he left her $2 million, but he took his life and that destroyed her life. And so she had a very hard time, but she became a teacher. She had, she had all these millions of dollars, but but she worked with students and children, uh, disadvantaged children. And I met her in Boston. She started she started a foundation that helped so many children. It that is like. correct. She's and like, that, so she used the money. She said, she's like, I couldn't do it because I didn't care about clothes and stuff. She goes, I was fine. She's, you know, what whether she did or not, it just didn't. She said she, to see, to see the smiles. And she's showing me kids, like even kids that had deformities or cleft palates or something like that. That she might have helped she out. She was a with. teacher in Manhattan at a, like a, a school there. Our relationship, how did we come together, Margaret? Your father. I don't on know. The flip side? About your... No, he no. was still on the planet, but that's fine because, you know, your higher self. No, no, no. Either her father, like you're asking how you guys met. Oh, her father. Yeah. How did Margaret and I come together? I mean, I know when we met in okay. Boston. Hold on. But we became close friends and she was a like yeah, quite was a, a bit school. older. Hold on. But um, she was 20 she years just old. Felt like you need, she just felt like you needed a lot of help. <laughs> but and she took you underneath. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> hold on. She loved you and she saw she just saw something in you. You guys both were like teachers by nature, like you love to help people. 
And she said that age was not an issue. Age was an issue. She was 20 years older than me. I know. But so it, maybe but for I'm, you guys. I'm, to... I'm agreeing with you, but it wasn't an issue because we got along fine. Right. And But she was also so generous to me that even though I had a girlfriend, it might, when, my, when I graduated from college, she threw all these parties for me. She like took over the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. She had my mom play That's the piano. She was town. crazy with gifts and, and yeah. charm and funny. And she lived around the corner from me. And I was a poor student, but we got along and I introduced her to like my goofy friends. And she loved that. She just loved literally throwing her hair down because it was the yeah. Brahmin Boston Society. And here wow. she had this home in Martha's Vineyard that was owned by Helen Keller. I didn't mean to give Helen the bums rush. Helen, can we, Margaret, love you madly. Let's go back to Helen for a second. I know you don't mind. So, Helen, what would you oh, like I'm... to tell people about your She's experience? saying, I know when your birthday is, but she's saying happy birthday to someone. Who is so Helen? I, I don't know. Or Margaret. Or Margaret. All right. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to someone. anniversary. I'm not sure. She has, uh, I think, a brother or uh, who's still alive, who handles her estate and her... That could be her foundation. Her foundation in Boston. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, anyway. I don't know that that's what she's saying. Okay. That's very good. And so you're fine, Margaret. Is that what you're saying? Everything was... She's fabulous. She's fabulous. Okay, that's cool. And, and Helen... she likes her hair now. Or something about her hair. She likes she her loves. hair now. Okay. And what about you, Helen? What's going on with you? Are you planning on coming back? She's working on a different way to communicate. That's interesting. Tell us about that. I feel like she's already she's already here as well, just like James Dean. Like she's and returned. She's returned. Interesting. Um, what? She showed me Steve Jobs as if she's really connect she's connected to him, where they're figuring out different ways to communicate. Different ways to communicate. Come on. Yeah. And of course. Who else would you go to? Taking the Ethernet to a whole different <laughs> level. So yeah. when you when let me just ask you this question. So also so people don't think we're completely off our rockers here. But that <laughs> idea of of you and Steve, two entities on the other side, who've come together. I'm sure he had great respect for you because everybody mm -hmm. did and does. But the idea <laughs> of like trying to help people communicate, how does that work? A, that's so interesting. She's showing me that. Interesting. It's like, so, you know, uh, well, you know, when you see the old caveman shows, like, you know, like the primal stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And how they didn't have much to communicate with. They, you know, Drunk. so, and then she took that like thousands and thousands of years into the future. And she's showing me and how numbers, everything is so clear, but she's saying that to take like, I don't know how she's explaining it. I don't, I want to, mm. Obviously, I'm having a communication problem. No, but communications in terms it's of like It's like, she's showing me, it's like, it's, it's a frequency, right? So our frequencies being able to, like, for me, I know, I know that they're there because I see them, but my son told me, he goes, if you didn't see them, would you believe that they were there? And I'm like, probably not. He goes, I just think it's a big consciousness that you just jump into, grab information and give it to the person. And I'm like, that's great in theory, but I actually see spirit. And the only reason why I see it is because I probably wouldn't have believed it. So there you have it. But 
<laughs> in theory, it kind of made sense for like two seconds. But she's saying that, um, she's going to show me one more time. Something about having more heartfelt communication where it's just more clear. So it's like having, it's, it's for instance, it's being clear to the other side. They're able to communicate. I'm a, a trans, it's like having a thousand of me being transistor, tra like a transistor radio where you're able to, like, I trust what I get. A lot of people don't, are having problems. Like she's hoping that for everyone else, they, they will be able to do something like what I Exactly. Well, like everybody, everybody has, everybody's built for it. They just don't know it yet. So the filters are gone. Correct. In essence. And so and she doesn't want everybody to have to be deaf or blind or have seizures as a little kid or like all these things that have made it to but where can we, can we point out that your journey has that helped you to understand all those things in terms of communication? Yes. That the yeah. trauma that you went through in your lifetime Absolutely. helped you to communicate in a saying. much more profound way. Um, have yes. you seen Charlie Chaplin since you've been back there? They hang out. She was always fond of them. Very good. Yeah. I, how much time do I you? I know I don't have time. I have to go. <laughs> All right. So Charlie, dude, you're welcome to visit the Speaking next time. Speaking of communication, think about it. I was able to tether my phone, have no electricity whatsoever in the house. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty amazing. It looks the same. I know. Thank you, Spirit, um, for helping us to communicate. Charlie, you're going to have to step into the background and come back in a future date. Smile. Yes because that helps the world go round. Thank you, Helen. And uh, thank you everybody that's participated as well as James. We appreciate you coming forward and your message to your cousin. We He's appreciate like, you're that. gonna see a lot more of me. <laughs> All right, very good. And Luana, of course, thank you. And Steven, dude, we always thank appreciate you. you stopping by and giving us great advice. And He's like, someday I'll remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Jennifer, thank you so much for your gifts. We appreciate no. it, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast. For more information, jennifershafer.com, richmartini.com, or martinizone.com. To watch the film Hacking the Afterlife, go to gaia.com via Amazon Prime.
Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Two. Hi, this is Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Three. This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. One. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, richmartini.com, or martinizone.com. To watch the film Hacking the Afterlife, go to gaia.com via Amazon Prime. This has been hackingtheafterlife.com with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or see the documentary Hacking the Afterlife on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime. Copyright Richard Martini, All Rights Reserved, 2021. Hacking the Afterlife podcast, copyright Richard Martini, All Rights Reserved, 2021. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the flip side.